0: Hey there, movie fans, and it's time for a brand new episode of Colliders for your consideration. It's been a wild, crazy, unprecedented, drawn out, bockers award season, but it is all in the home stretch because we are just moments away from The Big Show on Sunday, April 25th. And here to join us, my awesome co-pilots here on Collider FYC, we have the amazing Perry Nemiroff and the mighty Jeff Snyder. Jeff, let's start with you. How are you feeling as we are in this home stretch for award season?
1: Uh, You know, I am looking forward to talking about a new crop of movies after Sunday, for sure. It has been a very long season. Uh, This is an unprecedented year, but I I feel good about it. I I am looking forward to Sunday night show. I think we're in good hands with Steven Soderbergh.
0: Uh, Absolutely. You know, what would any award season be without some paranormal activity going on? We had a lot of it this award season. Perry, you feel like you're ready to move on from this crop of movies and ready to give it one last go for predictions here?
2: I guess so. I would say it's a a pretty fair mix of being excited to continue the celebration for this crop of movies. But yeah, I always look forward to what's coming next, especially because Sundance is in the rearview mirror now and already gave us a little sense of what we might be talking about next year.
0: Absolutely agree. And, and, you know, I got to say that, that Jeff, that that sigh of uh, relief, you gave at the beginning of your chat kind of sums up my feelings about this award season. It's been so great to talk about all these great movies with the both of you here for Colliders for your consideration. But I am ready to move on to the next crop of films. And before you know it, we will be back. Yes, with season four of Colliders for your consideration. But to wrap things up as we are in the home stretch for this award season, we are going to go through all 23 categories we're going to predict them all so get your oscar ballots ready your pools ready i don't know how you're doing an oscar pool this year virtually whatever it is but get those pens and papers ready because we are going to go through all 23 categories right now starting with live action short perry you have a favorite here that you think is going to win
2: yeah, I think this one it feels like a pretty safe bet right now. I think it's going to uh, Two Distant Strangers, which is absolutely excellent. It tackles timely, important subject matter, and it, it does it in a very, very creative and effective way. I think Feeling Through is the one right behind, and it's also a very, very good watch, but I think it's going to come down to those two with Two Distant Strangers taking the win.
0: Jeff, you
1: got a favorite here for live action short. Two Distant Strangers was the one acquired by Netflix, right? That's right. Yeah, I, I think that that is going to give it the edge. I think it just, um, I, I've seen it when I open the, the streaming app, like it has a lot of visibility. Uh, so I think the Two Distant Strangers will get it. If there is, if it goes somewhere else, I, I think Oscar Isaac short the letter room. Could be uh, the the surprise, just because I think voters tend to see a recognizable movie star and they're like, all right, that's the one I'm going to watch.
0: Yeah, I I was thinking about The Letter Room as well, but I I agree with Perry's uh, assessment of Two Distant Strangers. And I think that I think we're pretty much all in cahoots on that one. So Two Distant Strangers for live action short is what Collider FIC is going with. Let's move up to documentary short Perry do you have a favorite here?
2: I do have a favorite. So this is a very, very heavy category. I was exhausted after I watched all of these, but I'm glad I watched all of them because it's all important things to learn about. I'm actually going with, I guess I would call it the lightest of the bunch. A concerto is a conversation. I think that the fact that it stands out in that respect might make more people out there vote for it. But a love song for Latasha is right behind so I think it's coming down to those two but I'm giving a concerto as a conversation the edge
0: uh, Jeff what about you
1: I think that love wins in this uh, crazy hate-filled year uh, so I'm going with a love song for Latasha
0: uh, you know I was going for a love song for Latasha too uh, Perry you make a great point about concerto for a, is a conversation uh, I, I, I could go either way on this one um, what do you guys think? Let's let's vote here. What do you, what? I have
1: not seen the movie, so I really have to take a step back and abstain. I, I defer to Barry's expertise.
2: I can honestly go both ways. Both are excellent uh short films. When you look at a love song for Latasha, that is such a uniquely made documentary and it's so effective. I've just never seen anything quite like that. So I would be open to going with one or the other here. Okay. I I you know my my uh
0: is to go for you know the gut feeling for for the shorts and my gut feeling was for a love song for Latasha. So Jeff, if that's cool with you, and Perry, if that's cool with you, that's the one. Love song for Latasha, it is. Okay, moving up. Okay, we're we are getting good here because I love the animated shorts. I feel like I know every year more about the animated shorts than about documentary or live action. Jeff, do you have a favorite for animated short?
1: I mean, I loved Burrow and the theme of Burrow, which is like the you know community coming together to help your neighbor. But I, I do have a feeling that if anything happens, I love you is the is the front runner
0: here. Okay, I, I agree with that, Perry. What do you think?
2: I'm right there with you. It was stunning animation, and again, the this subject matter feels like it's going to up the urgency for that film to get recognition.
0: Yeah, of the three of the three uh, categories for shorts. I think that uh, if anything happens, I love you is the one that, that was the easiest to pick for me as well. So that's what it is. Moving on to visual effects. And I have to say that the movie that, I, that I'm that i going with here is a movie that I didn't quite understand at all after watching it a couple of times. But it is the one that stuck out for me for visual effects. And that is Tenet. Jeff, agree, disagree. You got another pick here.
1: No, I mean, I don't think if there's really any competition here. I, I I think it has to go to Tenant, if only because it at least showed us something that we've never quite seen before. Plus, you know, I I think Warner Brothers will get some points for putting it out on the big screen, keeping theaters kind of afloat uh, last year when when nothing else was coming out. My vote is Tenant.
0: Okay, Perry, what do you think here?
2: I am not going Tenant here. I am predicting that. Maybe a lot of people out there just didn't bother watching Tenet. I I also should preface, I've hit the stage of my predictions where I started to read those reports about anonymous Oscar ballots. And that gets me very much in the headspace of assessing my predictions, looking at the Academy as a whole bunch of human beings who will probably say, if I'm going to vote for that film in that category, I'm not going to vote for it in that category. So a lot of that is consuming my brain space right now. So I think that Tenet, might wind up pushing people away. And I think the win is gonna to go to Midnight Sky, which won the Visual Effects Society Award. So I'm going with that.
0: Oh, oh, wow. But well, you bring up a very, very good point. Uh, Perry, uh, you know, Midnight Sky was a film that I, I really liked. I admired it a lot, the visual effects were great. But uh, even though the, the, the push for Tenet to be seen on the big screen didn't quite work when that happened back in September, I think it was just too soon. People were not ready to go back to theaters. And I also feel like maybe there was a bit of a backlash to Christopher Nolan for I, I mean, I I like what he had to say, but but the timing of when he said it just seemed like he was he was pushing people to do what they were not ready to do just yet. The pandemic was still very, very heavy and there were still so many unknowns. You know, vaccines were were not quite there. So I think there might be a backlash and that backlash might cost Tenet the Academy Award for visual effects of which Midnight Sky is a very, very close second. Jeff, do you think that there's any merit to a backlash to Nolan that might cost him the Oscar in visual effects?
1: I mean, I I think he's a divisive filmmaker. I think that there are definitely people who are like, no, I'm not voting for that movie. Didn't even make any sense. Uh, But I also think that there's people who really liked what he had to say about HBO Max and and coming out and defending the theatrical experience and everything. I just I I look at Midnight Sky and I see the same stuff that I've seen in a zillion other space movies. It was totally unremarkable to me. So I'm still going with Tenet. I leave it up to you, Scott, though. You're the deciding (laughs) vote.
0: Well, thank you so much for that. Well, actually, Jeff, that's a very good point. Uh, The visual effects in Midnight Sky were very, very good. Uh, to be seen on a small screen on on my TV. You know, it's not that it's that small, 65 inches, can't go wrong with that. But the visual effects of Tenet were unique, didn't understand the movie, and it was also really hard to understand the dialogue. And I thought it was just me, but apparently it wasn't. But there is no question that the visual effects of Tenet were unique. And I do think that ultimately people might just say, you know what, regardless of how I feel, about Nolan or about what he said, the timing, if he said it, whether it was insensitive, whatever, you cannot deny that the visual effects of Tenet were the standout. So, Perry, if it's okay with you, I'm going to go with Tenet on this one. Okay, moving on to sound. I feel like there's only one movie that really should take the cake here for sound. And Perry, is it the movie I'm thinking of? You pick it. I think it.
2: so. Yeah, it's it's Sound of Metal. I think this one is running away with this category.
0: All right, Jeff, I know you are a big, big fan. In fact, I got to say, Jeff Snyder, you were the first person to really, I think, champion Sound of Metal over all the uh, all the plaudits that I've heard about this movie. And I'm glad you did because it's because of you that I've made sure to see this movie. Now, do you think that it is a shoe in to win Best Sound?
1: I would hope so. I know it lost one of the audio Guild society thing awards but i'm just like this is a groundbreaking movie for sound in terms of the mix the way sound is deployed it's essential to the movie i don't know i don't see how they go in another
0: direction Okay, I agree. And I do think that sound is the one that's going to take the Oscar for Best Sound. Moving up to Best Song. Uh, The one that really stood out for me, uh, I got to say, Speak Now from One Night in Miami, Leslie Odom Jr. Jeff, do you agree? Disagree?
1: Yeah, I I mean, I think that was just the the best song and the way that it was incorporated into the movie. And and I really think that uh, that deserves the award this year.
0: Uh, What about you, Perry? Do you think that there's a chance... That uh, it could go to like the life ahead or or the song from Eurovision. I mean, that was a that was a big favorite.
2: <laughs> I mean, the Eurovision song I think has a pretty big fan base behind it. So right now, I'm betting if anything steals it from One Night in Miami and Speak Now, it's that one. But I'm also thinking that this is probably the only category we're going to see a One Night in Miami win. Yeah. And- I think there's going to be a lot of people out there that really do want to see a deserving movie like that get an Academy Award, and this is its category.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. So Best Song goes to Speak Now. Leslie Adam Jr., One Night in Miami. Moving on to Best Score. Uh, I, I got to say, I, I did love the score for Mank. It's one of the few things I really, really, truly loved about it. But the one that did it for me got to my soul, and that is Soul. Jeff, do you think that's Soul? Do you agree? with me, that Soul will take the Oscar for best score.
1: Yeah, it seems like an inevitability at this point. I, I think that the Academy really respects uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross and, and what they do. And I know they all, you know, they're, they're double nominees with make and everything, but it just feels like the, the
0: jazz elements are what will elevate Soul above the rest of the pack. Perry?
2: Done deal, Soul is winning the award.
0: Agree completely, uh, Soul. It is for best score, production design. Uh, I know what I got my uh, pick set on here. Perry, is it the same? You choose.
2: It might be. I'm, I'm leaning towards Mank on this one. I feel like it's already gotten a little love in this category during award season. And I think that's going to carry through because I only think Mank is probably winning one, maybe two awards and it's in this category and one more that we're going to get to.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, the thing that the thing that I did love about Mank uh, in addition to its score was the production design. I mean, it really, there's obviously no other movie like it this year that looks like that. Uh, Jeff, agree, disagree? I agree I think I think it's the clear front runner I think it just has um, a
1: sort of scope that the other nominees lack but something keeps bringing me back to the father I would not write off the father uh just the way you know the the slight alterations to that apartment um it was very very clever but I I do think Mank will win
0: yeah
2: you would put the father as the movie to have a better chance over maybe Ma Rainey's Black Bottom which would be my number two
0: yeah, my, actually, that's a good point, Perry. My number two here and a close number two would be Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And, you know, love it or hate it, but Tenet did have a look to it that was all its own. And that production design did support the visual effects, which which we agree will will win that category. But but for production design, I went with Mank as well. That was the one that really stuck out to me, followed close behind by Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. So I think, Mank, it is for production design, right? Yeah. All right, moving on to makeup and hairstyling. Two choices here. One of them that really stood out for me the most. Is it the same? But I'm going to let Jeff Snyder pick hair and makeup and hairstyling.
1: I mean, to me, this feels like a a Ma Rainey win. Uh, You know, just the transformation that Viola Davis underwent. um, I think that that wins the Oscar, yeah.
0: Yeah, okay, Perry?
2: Yep, this one felt like a pretty easy call to me as well. I'm going Ma Rainey.
0: My Rainey, it is for me as well. And I, I, for just for Viola Davis's transformation alone, but the whole movie, just the look of it, uh, uh, all of the, the you know, it, it, it's just an extraordinary film. I thought it should have been nominated for best picture, but I think it will take it for makeup and hairstyle. Let's move on to costume design. Is it the same as makeup and hairstyling? Perry, you're already shaking your head. Yes.
2: That it is. I think that uh Marini's Black Bottom has both of these categories pretty close to lock right now. And maybe even best costume design more so than makeup and hairstyling for me.
0: Hey
1: Jeff, what about you? I would agree. I just, you know, I, I didn't see Emma, so I can't really weigh in on that, although they look like the the, the typical, you know, p- costume drama. period <laughs> costumes. Um, Yeah, Ma Rainey, the work done in that film was kind of exquisite. And uh, and I do think that that will win. Um, Mank is lingering on the outside for me, but I, I give the edge to Ma Rainey.
0: You know, I, Emma does have that kind of like a, that, that sort of traditional uh, period piece kind of look to it. And it's actually one of the one of the last movies I saw on the big screen. And then, you know, when I think about Mulan, you know, that's the kind of like a epic cast of thousands kind of movie that usually does draw uh, a cost of design to it. But for the same reason that we went with uh, makeup and hairstyling, that's the same reason why I'm going to go with costume design. I agree with both of you. Bob Rainey's Black Bottom, it is for costume design. Now we get into a tricky category because there's no easy pick here. That is... Cinematography. All right. Jeff, let's start with you on cinematography. Um, <laughs> it. <right>. yes, right?
1: <laughs> I mean, I lean towards Nomad Land on this award. I, I love what Joshua James Richard brought to that film. I don't think it's just like, just, you know, the, the landscapes, the emotion that his images sort of evoked for me. I, I think that is what puts it over movies like Mank
0: and, and Trial of the Chicago 7. All right, uh, Perry, what's your take? Is it Nomadland for cinematography?
2: So this is one of the categories that I have coming down to Mank or Nomadland. And ultimately, I'm giving Mank the edge because of what I brought up about reading a whole bunch of anonymous ballots. I think there's just a lot of people out there saying if I give this award to this movie, I'm going to go in this direction with this category. And I think that's probably going to give Mank the edge in this one in particular.
0: You know, this was a tough category to pick because if I if I just go with my heart, the movie that I think really deserved it, I would actually say News of the World is the best shot movie in this category. And I think that News of the World is the film this past year, especially during award season, that suffered the most by not being seen on the big screen. That we, all the films that we've talked about over the season on Collider FIC, I, you know, I always say that, you know what? In the end, 2020, leaning into 2021, because it goes up to the end of February, turned out to be a really, really exceptional year for film, despite the fact that we were in a global pandemic. But the film that, that when I was watching it at home, I just like, oh my God, what a beautiful movie. I wish I could have seen it on the big screen was News of the World. But News of the World just doesn't have uh, a lot behind it you know didn't even get nominated for best picture or best director uh so that does leave Nomad Land and Mank and Perry I agree with you what with your perspective on it on why it could win but there there's something about the feel of Nomad Land that gives it the edge here I mean I think that that Mank is a beautifully shot film I mean there's no question about it I mean but the 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 art of Nomad Nomadland is achieved because of its cinematography in addition to its pacing. Uh, so I, I'm leaning towards Nomad Nomadland for cinematography. Are you okay if we go with that or are you gonna make an uh, argument? Here?
2: Even though Mank is the one that won the ASC award.
0: Yeah, well, okay, that's an excellent point as well. <laughs>
1: But sometimes it's like, you know, when you have the experts and and the guild people weighing in, they know what is expert cinematography. But when you open it up to the larger, you know, uh, voting body, they're just like, eh, this was the prettiest movie. Which
2: is is basically what I was getting at before, too, with the way that everyone might think when they're filling out their ballots. But I don't know. Certain accolades, I think, could, you know, tip the scale or put a certain movie on a on a voter's mind in a certain way.
0: That's a that's a great point. You know, and I think that that when one movie wins uh, an earlier award, I'm going to certainly going to get to this when we get to the higher categories here, it might sway people to to sort of lean into it when it comes to voting for the Oscars. And I Mm -hmm. think that's an excellent point, Perry. And that's a big case for why Mank could win cinematography. What do you think, Jeff?
1: Don't you think Mank is like, it's like a cold film though. I hate to say that about Fincher. Maybe I'm just, you know, uh, prescribing prescri- that because of uh, him, but you know, that's a cold movie and Nomadland is sort of a a warm,
0: beautiful movie. And I feel like that's what's going to win in this year. I, I don't think of Mank as a cold movie. I do think of Fincher as a cold director, but I, I, I you know what? I mean, I do I do, you know, Perry. You you brought up an excellent point about the uh, the uh, the Ace Award. I mean, I think that that is a is a big is a big factor on why Mank could take cinematography. And and I'm I'm, I'm actually going to go with Mank with Perry on this, Jeff. I
2: want I want Nomadland to win.
0: Okay, okay, but you think that Mank will win? So and let, I, let I, me ask you this, but before okay.
1: we, we finalize, and I'm fine if you want to go with Mank, I get that it won the awards, but like, don't people just seem to like Nomadland more than Mank this year? Like, could, could it just come down to that? Which movie do you prefer? Forget the, the actual cinematography.
0: Well, I, I, and that, you know what? Jeez, that is also a great point because if there, is, if there is a big groundswell behind Nomadland, and clearly there is, I mean, Nomadland has won, uh, all the major awards, not including Best Actress. And maybe it'll win this year. We'll get to that. There there could be that. I Gosh, I'm so freaking confused. I don't know what to go for. It just, it just seems like oh. Josh would-
2: We're also talking about Mank, the movie that got the most nominations. So even though more people out there might prefer Nomadland, I still think Mank has a lot of support behind it. And then I'm just going to go back to that way of thinking where Nomadland is going to win so many big ones. Some of the technical ones might go to other movies.
1: Harry's making good points here. I mean, she's making great points. I just, to me, Joshua James Richards felt like the co-author of Nomadland in so many interviews. Whereas I don't know that Messerschmitt got that same
0: credit, you know. Uh, if
2: you explained this to Academy voters, I think that Nomadland would win.
0: You know, you both make great points. I think you're both right. Thank you, Daddy Mance. Ah. Make the decision. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going with Mank. Perry, you've convinced me. And I, I think Mank will win. I think Nomadland should win, but you make a great, great, great case for Mank taking cinematography. So that is what we are going for on FYC. <laughs> Mank, for cinematography. Moving on to editing. Well, again, some, all of these movies. Wow, Trial of the Chicago 7, Sound of Metal, Nomadland, The Father, Promising Young Woman, amazing nominees here for editing. What takes it, Perry.
2: I'm going with Sound of Metal here. I think it deserves it. I think there's a lot of support behind this movie in general, and I think it's only places to win are these technical categories. And if I am correct, I th- I think this, this one for uh, the ACE Eddie Awards, didn't right. uh, Trial the Chicago 7 take it? But this, I... this is an instance where I'd be going against the Guild.
0: Okay, Jeff, what do you think?
1: As much as I want to say sound of metal here, I actually do think that this will be the award that Trial of the Chicago 7 wins on the night. I just feel like it, it has to get something, just how considering how much money Netflix has spent on this campaign, I can't see it winning anywhere else. Uh, and, and they did get some good tension, you know, cutting between the courtroom. I don't know, I, I think it was.
0: I, I agree with you. I, I think that because of the scope of Trial of the Chicago 7, you know, between the courtroom out in the, Streets during the the riots in Chicago and and the aftermath of it all. It is a it is a, a an epic film, and I think that because it it certainly, I don't think it'll win the top prize, and I don't think it will win the award that that I kind of expected it to before. I think it's good. That one's going to go to someone else. So I do think I do think you're right. I think that if it's going to win something, it has to be this, and I I agree. Sound of Metal would have been the the uh, easy. Choice because, but I think it's going to win sound. So I think that editing will go to Trial of the Chicago Seven. Perry, are you okay if we go with this?
2: Yep. I got these two fairly close. So I'm perfectly fine with that.
0: Okay. So Trial of the Chicago Seven for editing. Now we move on to international film. Uh, the movie I love the most here out of all these, Mads Nicholson in another round. Uh, as soon as I saw it at, well, the virtual Toronto Film Festival last September, I thought it would get nominated for more awards but i'm glad that it got international film I and mean, i think that was a shoe and it also did get director and i think that because it did get director that will push it to the top to win international film jeff agree disagree
1: i would agree i think that another round is, is kind of the, the heavy favorite here it's a really good movie i think the director nomination speaks volumes about the support that it has within the larger academy so yeah that, that's the clear front runner.
0: perry
2: I second everything you guys said. We're going with another round.
0: Another round it is. We can do another round in this discussion, but I think we have made our choice. Let's move up to documentary feature. What a tough bunch to pick a best from here, but wow. Uh, Perry, what's your favorite and what's winning?
2: I'm going with, my favorite to win and i'm gonna say my octopus teacher takes it what what an impressive documentary the way it was shot the story that's told i think they're all great i don't want to say that these other four are not deserving and a number of them cover some very important topics here but i think we're seeing a groundswell of support right now behind my octopus teacher that is just further propelling it towards that win that i think is inevitable at this point yeah
0: yeah, i I agree with you i I think that there is there i can feel this grantswell support for octopus teacher. Uh, I was going with time for a while, a movie that I had that had stayed with me for a long time because I saw it so early on but as the as the season has gone on <laughs> and dragged on uh, my thing my has changed to where octopus' teacher there's nothing else like it among this bunch of movies and documentary feature. Jeff, what are you going with here? I don't really
1: know what to go with. I, part of me doesn't think it's going to be my Octopus my teacher, but I also have a hard time thinking it's going to be time. Um, I don't know if I, this thing is like wide open to me because I think collective has a ton of support. I think Crip Camp was like the, one of the best movies I saw all year. I really don't know what, what I'm going to go with. So I think I'm, I'm just going to predict time.
0: You're going to predict time. Well, I mean, if you would have asked me three months ago, I would have predicted time, but now I'm going with Octopus Teacher. And I agree with you about Crip Camp. I mean, we saw that at Sundance like, you know, a million years ago, it feels like. And and that was actually one of the movies that opened up the festival. So and it stayed with me throughout the festival and throughout this time. But I just don't think that that it's being talked about very much. And it should be. But uh, I I'm going to go with Perry here and I'm going to go with All all eight arms of me are going to wrap it around Octopus Teacher. See what I did there? Is that okay? (laughs) Jeff, Jeff, are you cool cool with Octopus Teacher? Yeah, you
1: know, sure.
0: I, I really have no idea what's winning this category. Okay, next, next, Animated Feature. And I think this is a slam dunk, but I have a feeling that Jeff is going to disagree with that. I'm going with Soul. I mean that was certainly the movie that that got to me the most. It is Pixar, but there are two Pixar movies nominated here and the other movie onward is a beloved film as is Wolfwalkers which is a gorgeous amazing film, but I feel like it's Soul because it did so well at the Annie Awards including the top prize and I, and it's been it's been the one that people have been pushing all this time anyway. You with me here on this Perry?
2: Oh, I'm very much with you. It's Soul.
0: Soul, it. soul it is. <laughs> Jeff, yeah, wrap soul. it up, moving on. Soul, it is for animated feature. All right, mm-hmm. now we're really getting into the nitty gritty here because we are going, moving on to the next category, which is best adapted screenplay. The nominees are Nomadland, Land, One Night in Miami, The Father, The White Tiger, and Borat's subsequent movie film. Perry, what is your pick? For the academy award for adapted screenplay
2: listen i'm going with nomadland that is my pick but i will say with everything that i've read in this past week in particular i do think that there's a chance that one of three could win it's nomadland the father and i've been reading a lot of support about uh borat subsequent movie film and i i think people are Kind of keen to give this award to something as as unique as that, so I think that all three have a chance, but I'm giving the edge to Nomadland. Land.
0: You, you know the thing about about Borat's subsequent movie film is I, I I generally feel that the impression that that the 9,300 plus membership of the Academy will feel like it was it was uh, off the cuff, it was uh, uh, you know improvised and everything like that. How, how is there like a best? best adapted screenplay nomination for, for Borat. So I'm going to take that out of the mix. If anything, uh, I mean, I agree with you about, about Nomadland winning here, but if anything, I feel like the father would be the upset here. So to speak, Jeff, do you think the father has a chance of winning or are you also going with Nomadland for adapted screenplay?
1: I do think that the father has a chance. I think the, the European contingent of the Academy could, uh, provide a groundswell of support, but I, I do think it's Nomad Land. I, I just think that was clearly head and shoulders, the best movie nominated in this category. And uh, yeah, i thought the script was kind of beautiful.
0: Yeah. So I, I, I feel like, let's say, let's say the father had a longer time to gestate among the Academy. Let's say it had an in theaters presence. So let's say, you know, pandemic never happened and the father was really able to grow into into the the landmark film a perception that 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 it should be instead of something that that almost got lost in the shuffle because it did not get seen on the big screen but i do agree that nomad land will win here i think the father should win but i think that nomad land will win okay moving on to original screenplay again a great pick here uh, trial of chicago 7 minari promising young woman Judas and the Black Messiah, The Sound of Metal. Perry, what's your pick for original screenplay?
2: This one, I think, is going to Promising Young Woman. We're going to see this movie walk away with at least one Academy Award. And I think this category has its best shot.
0: I completely agree. And I felt like, you know, because Trial of the Chicago 7, you know, it's like such a it's a it's an epic film. It's a I guess you could call it a crowd pleaser in many ways. But what Emeril Fennell did with her feature film debut here with Promising Young Woman, what a provocative movie. There is no other film like it this year or any year for that matter. It has to win something. And while it's not the lock that I thought it was in another category that we will get to, I feel like it will get the love here in original screenplay. Jeff, agree, disagree?
1: I, I agree. I, I, I think, um, I guess it's just a very daring script, whereas, you know, Chicago 7 kind of played it safe. It kind of felt a little bit like a TV movie, and Aaron Sorkin's won before. Uh, as much as I love Sound of Metal, uh, I, I just don't see them going for that in this category. So, yeah, I, I think this is what uh, wins Emerald Fennell her first Oscar.
0: Wow, amazing. A great, completely promising young woman it is for original screenplay. Now we move on to supporting actor the nominees are sasha baron cohen lakeith stanfield daniel kaluuya leslie odom jr and paul racy jeff who wins supporting actor I mean, it's Daniel Kaluuya. I, I
1: don't even—I <laughs> don't even think he gives the second-best performance in this category, and possibly not even the third. But you know, it, it seems like it's just him in a walk this year, so uh, that's well,
0: well. who does who does get? Well, I know you're going to say, Paul Racy for South the Metal, right?
1: Racy and I think Leslie Odom Jr. did a great job as Sam Cook in, in one night in Miami. I, that's a true supporting performance, whereas Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield are both leads in this movie. I mean, it, it's category fraud, a hundred percent, but. Them's the breaks.
0: Well, I I actually, I mean, I, I hear your point, but I disagree. I actually think that Daniel Kaluuya is so friggin' deserving of a win in this category. Uh, what, what he did here is Fred Hampton, uh, Black Panther leader, is just phenomenal. Phenomenal. And the phenomenal? more I see that, the more I see this movie, the more I really, really do love it. it was and better the in I'm, Get Out. Oh, well, no, absolutely. You know what? He was also good in the movie Widows. Uh, so... So, and he's good in everything, let's face it. But, uh Daniel Collier, he's the one. I mean, he won the SAG, he won the Golden Globe, he won the Critics' Choice. Uh, it's, it's his movie to lose, uh, his award to lose. Parry, agree, disagree?
2: Feel the need to throw another title. And he's also good in Queen and Slim, which no one seemed to have that's seen.
0: True. But right that's true. Great film, Overlooked?
2: I think it was. Uh, I think Daniel Kaluuya deserves this win and I think he's getting the win. I will agree with Jeff in that. I think a lot of these other folks are Fantastic. And I wouldn't be bummed to see Leslie Odom Jr. or Paul Racy wind up with the win. But if I were voting, I would still be voting for Daniel Kaluuya. And I think he's going to get yeah, it.
0: I completely agree. So Daniel Kaluuya, it is for supporting actor. Moving on to supporting actress. We have Maria Bakalova, Amanda Seyfried, Glenn Close, <laughs> Olivia Coleman again, going head to head there. And Yu Yoo Jung Yoon. Jeff. Who's winning supporting actress?
1: Yu Yoo Jung Yoon, uh, and that's because she was uh, the, the best in, in the category. Like, I think that was just clear as day, uh, even more clear than any of the other acting races. Perry?
2: This feels like the category that's, you know, taken on a new form the most drastically for me, because there was a point in time where I'm like, this is the biggest toss-up of the bunch. Anyone could wind up with. like, no, Yu Yoo Jung Yoon is going to win, and this one's a done deal. This is probably one of the safest predictions you could make.
0: Uh, absolutely. But it wasn't always like that, right? Like, it really could have gone to anyone. I mean, for like, you know, uh, about a month ago, I was on here for FYC saying, oh, it's going to be Glenn Close's year. I was ready to make another bet. I'm glad I did not make it because I do agree. Uh, Yu Yoon is going to take supporting actress. Moving up to best actor, we have Riz Ahmed, Chad with Bozeman, Anthony Hopkins, Gary Oldman, Stephen Yoon. Okay, Perry, who's winning the best actor?
2: Sticking with the same thing since the day I saw Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Chadwick Bozeman.
0: Chadwick Bozeman.
1: Okay, Jeff? Would have been fascinating to see who came out on top of this category had, had Chadwick uh, Bozeman lived, um, but he didn't, unfortunately, and uh, he is going to walk away with an Oscar.
0: Okay, while I agree obviously that he's going to win the Academy Award. I completely feel that he is deserving by any measure. He gave a the performance of his career, but I feel like Anthony Hopkins should win here. What he did with that role in The Father was so effective and so brilliant, so emotional and so gut-wrenching. The way that movie stays with you long after it is over, there is just, it is Anthony Hopkins, it's his King Lear. And if Chadwick Bozeman was still with us, do I think that he would have been nominated for Ma Rainey? Yes. Do I think he would have won? I'm not sure. I think there is a sentiment to reward his life and his legacy with an Oscar win for his final performance, his greatest performance. Although I have to say, I rewatched 42 last night because it's on HBO Max. I haven't seen it since it came out and I think that movie is absolutely fantastic. Chadwick Boseman is a phenomenal actor and it's great that he will win to ha- honor not just the movie but honor his legacy and it- and his career. But I do feel like Anthony Hopkins, uh, you know, I wish I wish I could say that he was the one winning here, but I also am happy to say that Chadwick is going to win. This would have been the most competitive
1: Best Actor race, I think, in years between you know those two and Riz Ahmed. Um, but
0: yeah, Chad Chadwick is very deserving. I, I completely agree. Moving up to Best Actress now, this is going. I've been waiting all all of this episode to get to this point to have this conversation here for Best Actress because. The nominees are Viola Davis, Vanessa Kirby, Frances McDormand, Carrie Mulligan, and Andrew Day. I mean, let's go. You know, who wants to take the first salvo here for best actress? You
2: want to ask me, Mans. Ask ask me who I'm picking.
0: Okay, who are you picking, Perry? Viola Davis. Yes! I
2: switched. All right. I still think Carrie Mulligan is number two and she, she does have a good shot to win, but I just see the conversation very much shifting in Viola Davis's direction right now. And I think that's making all the difference in the tail end of the season. And you know, sometimes you could have so much momentum at the beginning and it just starts to fizzle out in some respects for for a Promising Young Woman. But I think we're seeing the opposite happen with Viola Davis's work in Ma Rainey. And I have settled on it. That is who I'm picking for the win. Okay, Perry,
0: that makes me so happy. I, I wish I could reach you through the Zoom conversation and give you a big collateral FYC hug. But And I also ha- agree in just like watching Watching this category, watching like the favorite to win in this category shift over these last two months, you know, Andrea Day winning the Golden Globe, and she is phenomenal in this film. She's in every scene of this movie. It is a tour de force performance, it's also her first performance, and she's great. The movie is good. I wouldn't say that it's great. And then I remember the last conversation that we had on the last episode of FIC. we were talking about this category how Carrie Mulligan I felt like she was she's amazing I knew that she would get nominated from the moment I saw Ma Rainey's Black Bottom I did feel like Viola Davis it was a phenomenal transformation and she just it was mind-blowing what she did as Ma Rainey in that film and she was my pick and then it started to lean into Carrie Mulligan, she started winning all these awards, and I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I'm all for that. I, I love that movie. It was my favorite of 2020." And and I felt like I would love to see Carrie Mulligan win. She's deserving. It's her best performance. Jeff, what is your pick here for best actress? I'm not changing
1: from the last time, Scott. Carrie Mulligan may have delivered her best performance, but her best performance just is not as good as Frances McDormand's second or third or fourth or fifth performance. Frances McDormand is an amazing actress. I don't, I haven't heard anyone say anything negative about her performance. It's just, well, she's won before. And I don't think that that's an argument. Uh, I, I do think that Viola Davis is going to lose some votes to Andre Day. Uh, and yeah, I'm going with Nomadland.
0: Okay. Now, now, okay. Listen, Jeff, you bring up a good point. First of all, there is nothing wrong with Frances McDormand's performance in Nomadland. I mean, she's the movie and she also produced the movie. So if things go the way I think they're going to go here with these Academy Awards, she is going to win an Academy Award. It just won't be for Best Actress, even though she did win the BAFTA Award for Best Actress, of which Carrie Mulligan wasn't even nominated. Go how how do you give?
1: How do you give best actor and best actress to the same movie, and it's not nominated for best picture?
0: Well, uh, in this case, I just think that the, the performances will stand out. I mean, yeah, I see your point to have the top two acting categories win for the same. It film. had that much support, wouldn't it be nominated? I agree. Well, by the way, I feel like Ma Rainey should have been nominated for Best Picture.
2: And is there a scenario where enough people out there think it is an absolute shame and ridiculous that it wasn't nominated for Best Picture? So now there's even more urgency to support it elsewhere.
0: Francis McDormand is phenomenal. In Nomadland, I think that Andrew Day is sensational. In The United States versus Billie Holiday, you know, Carrie Mulligan is in every scene. A Promising Young Woman. I mean, she is the movie. It is a tour de force. But I think that Viola Davis, when she won the SAG Award for lead actress, I just felt like it reconfirmed my feeling that she was going to win. Because I thought Viola, then I went with Carrie when the tide changed with her, that she would win. But now I am back to Viola, who I thought all along should win. I think she will win. So Jeff... I'm going how with my Davis.
1: Listen, that's fine. Go with my old deems, All you want, okay? But how often do the four guild winners line up with the four Academy winners? Isn't okay. there always
0: something that goes wrong? This- uh, absolutely. And by the way, if if all four of these actors that, that we are ultimately predicting, or at least Perry and I are for, for Best Actress here, if all four of these actors win, you're going to have the first time in an Oscar history that all four acting categories went to people of color. And I think you know i would love to see that happen just because uh it would it would be awesome if it did that and of course and in this case i feel like all four of them are are deserving you know i mean they're they're all deserve to win and they all i think will win but no jeff you bring up a good point that for all four individual acting categories at the SAG Award war to line up perfectly with the oscars uh, i think that's Rare, if, if never, that I don't think that's ever happened, but I'm sure someone in the comments section on YouTube will will uh, correct me on this if it did happen. But I don't think it did. I think that this could be the first year that that happens. And I am sticking with Viola on this. So just by majority rule here, Viola Davis is our pick. And then here we go. All right, here's our bet for season three. 20
1: bucks, you get Viola Davis, I get Carrie and friend.
0: Okay, 20 bucks fine. Okay. Fine. All right. Fine. Fine. Uh, You see, I'm a very accommodating, easygoing person. I'm easy to get along with. And that's the bet, Jeff. Jeff, you got it. And I'll look very much look forward to once again, taking your money. (laughs) All right. The bet stands. We have a bet for season three of Collider FYC. Do you think I made the right choice? Do you think that Jeff made the right choice? Comment below or hit us up on Twitter and let us know. Moving up. Do
2: you think I made the right choice by not participating at all?
0: Uh, at Perry, once again, I do think you made the right choice by staying the, the hell out of it. <laughs> all right, moving up to Best Director: uh, Chloe Zhao, Emerald Fennell, David Fincher, Lee Isaac Chung, Thomas Vinterberg for another round that was the uh, other nomination for that movie that sealed that movie's uh, 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 deal to win international feature. But who wins best director? I think this is an easy one here, Perry.
2: I actually think I'm gonna shake this up a little. Okay. I I think there's too many favorites and they're gonna split the vote and we're gonna wind up seeing Vinterberg win. What? (laughs) I'm just kidding. Oh my God. Best Actress usually, goes
1: to Perry Nemiroff. I, I want really, Perry Nemiroff and Best Actress.
2: Usually I'm really bad at stuff like that, but I got you, man.
0: Perry, you
2: absolutely,
0: I was so gullible. I was like, what are you kidding me? Boy, you you got me, Perry, you got me. <laughs> Perry exactly. Morgan, Chloe Zhao,
2: she's winning this award. Yes,
0: she is. Jeff?
1: <laughs> the time is now for Chloe Zhao.
0: Oh, the time is now for Chloe Zhao. Let's hashtag that on social media, ladies and gentlemen. Chloe Zhao, it is for best director. And that takes us to best picture. This is it, the moment of truth. We are predicting the Academy Award for best picture here. The uh, the nominees are Nomadland, Trial of the Chicago Seven, Minari, Promising Young Woman, The Father, Mank, Judas and the Black Messiah, Sound of Metal. Jeff, what's taking best picture?
1: I think we should I mean I think we should all give our number twos as well here. Just Okay. Like- all right. I think Nomadland is going to win. Um and if I had to pick an upset, I think the way I have it right now in Guru's of Gold is I, I could see Minari skirting in for the upset.
0: Ooh. By the way, if that upset happens, that would be amazing. Perry, it, would be. it would be. What's your what's your number 1 and what's your number 2?
2: I I'm going to squeeze in 3 because nomadland is my number one i think it's the favorite and i think it's gonna stick to that this year in particular i think the one right behind it is probably trial of the chicago seven i keep getting that sag ensemble award stuck in my head so i do think that has the next best chance but i am not ruling out the possibility of a minari upset and that is my movie to pick for the upset
0: you know if minari had a trajectory like like let's say last year parasite did where you know Minari won like you know the SAG award for best acting ensemble or something like that. I would definitely be leaning much more into Minari pulling an upset here. And I still think that that would happen. And I think that it is a worthy film. It's a beautiful film. And it's really like, if you're gonna ask me between those three films, Nomadland, Chicago 7, and Minari, which movie I would go back to watch again right now when we're done taping this episode of FIC, I would watch Minari again, over over the other two films. But I do think that Nomadland will take the Oscar for best picture. I think that if there is a shakeup here, it could go to Trial of the Chicago 7 because it is like I would, like I said, a crowd pleaser because it's so topical. It's a movie that's much more about today than it was for, you know, the late 1960s. And uh, and that would, it, by the way, a Trial Chicago 7 does win. Best Picture, if it pulls it upset over Nomad Land, it would give Netflix its first Academy Award for Best Picture. And, and if, if that happens, that Oscar would have gone to Paramount because Paramount originally had that movie that they were going to release in theaters and they sold it to Netflix. So, very interesting backstory here. The only thing that makes me feel like there might be a shakeup here is because, as you both know, the way they pick best picture on this like preferential ballot the sliding scale is different from the way the other 22 categories are picked which is a winner take all approach so that is the reason why in recent years we've had different movies take picture and director if there are any other films in these eight movies that could pull an upset over nomadland it is trial or minari but i do think it will be nomad land so i think we are all in cahoots here with nomad land right winning best picture yep,
1: yep. i think so I, I you know the last 15 months don't even matter it's all about how did academy voters feel between april 15th and april 20th that's
0: mm. it mm. that's right and the other thing is that if nomad land wins which we're predicting that it will it will give Searchlight pictures it's fifth Best picture win over a 13-year period. We'll see what happens. The Oscars are this coming Sunday, April 25th. I cannot wait to see how those Oscars even just play out as a show, all the challenges that these producers have had to do to make the Oscars special and not look like another Zoom session like the other award shows. But of course, uh, just like every year, regardless of how long this award season was, it is the Academy Awards, and they are the gold standard. They are the really, I think, the only award show that truly matters. And once again, I have to say that talking and debating and having great conversations about these movies with the both of you have really been, once again, not only a highlight, but the highlight of an otherwise crappy (laughs) year otherwise. But uh, listen, we have one more episode to go for Collider FYC. Please join us for our Oscar wrap, our season three wrap on Monday, April 26th. Any parting words, Perry Nemiroff?
2: Oh no, I'm just so thankful that we are still able to do this because like you said, this is every single year since we started the show, this has been an absolute joy and treat that I look forward to. I needed it more than ever this last year. So I am so thankful that Thad Behind the Scenes can keep us up and running, that you two are in fighting form as you always are. And we have this great FYC community out there to be able to celebrate award season with us. So thank you to everybody involved for, uh, for being a pretty significant bright spot in my, my year.
0: I couldn't agree more. A big, big thanks to Thad. Thad, you're just the man. And I also want to give a big thank you to our partner last year, season two, Arclight Cinemas, which uh, you know, I know we were all heartbroken that ArcLight Cinemas will not be reopening, especially that flagship theater, the ArcLight Hollywood, which was like a second home for all of us, where we shot a couple of episodes of Coiner FIC last season. So we just want to say how much we love ArcLight Cinemas, and we do we love our friend Kevin Holloway at Arclight Cinemas, you know, we hope that the Arclight Hollywood is able to continue in some form so we can go back there and do season four of FYC there next year. Any party words from you, Jeff?
1: Thank you everybody for watching. Thank you, Perry, you're, you're like my swanky Perry this this season. And, and Scott, You know, it has definitely been a, a tough year and your energy and enthusiasm, it's just like getting a, a warm hug from 3000 miles away. So, so thank you, thank you to the Arclight and, and to any theater chain that will have us next.
0: Well, listen, thank you. Uh, the, the feeling is mutual for both of you. Thank you so much for being great friends. We've all been separated, uh, you know, obviously, by miles, in addition to uh, not being able to be in the same room. But make sure you join us on Monday, April 26th, for our season-free wrap, our Oscar wrap. Enjoy the Academy Awards. And until next time, FY. see you later.